We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We do a update over the Flex Super Flex, the Flex League's Fantasy Draft, the Super Draft League's coming up with the founder, Jake Seeley from The Athletic, coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here, and I am with Jake Seeley, the founder of the Flex Fantasy Leagues. I think that is Flex stands for what, Jake, again, exactly? Fantasy Leagues of Experts. Uh, thank oh, you. You, you. Our friend, David Ganos, is the one that came up with that name. It's a great name. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I love doing this league. You have a championship belt for the winner. Sadly, I lost in the finals last year in this league to Michael Florio. Uh, I had a crushing regular season. The guys that got me there all got hurt at the wrong time. Gronk, uh, I, I, you know, Fournette. I had all these guys, these super great late round bargains, and they all got hurt right at the wrong time, where it just came up just a little short. That and Michael had a fantastic finals week. That's how it runs into. Isn't that the worst too? I, I actually thought you were going to run away with it last year, the way that things were going. Yeah, but and that, I, I kind of did until we got to the exact finals, and you know, but that's 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 the playoffs in fantasy football though too. You know, you have to you have to come up big in the right week. And you know that going in, so you need to be prepared for it. Just a few things didn't go my way, so it goes. But, uh, yeah, it's a great league, and I, I love doing super flex leagues. Uh, I, it's one of my hobby horses is, you know, football. In football, the quarterback is the most important in position, but fantasy doesn't treat it that way. You've got, in many leagues, like 10 to 12 quarterbacks that are starting for their respective teams. They go undrafted completely every single year in a single quarterback league. You don't do that in super flex leagues. No, you actually see backups being drafted who don't even have jobs as of today. And that we're hoping that might have, because uh, for everybody out there that isn't, and I'm with you, I, I've been on this campaign too, is like trying to get people to push towards super flex. That's why we have super flex in the flex leagues to try and show everybody what's like, at least give it a try one. Right. Everybody's playing multiple leagues at this point. Just try one league this way. But because you just do the simple math. If you have 12 teams in your league, everybody has at least two quarterbacks. Well, then there's only now eight teams left that even potentially have a starter for that third quarterback. So you have four teams right out of the gate 
which if everything holds, which we know it won't, but if everything holds, you're already four teams that are going to have to play something else besides a quarterback in that super flex spot. So yeah, you'll see, I mean, you know, this at the end of the draft, you see people like Desmond Ritter and Jimmy Garoppolo, hoping he gets traded. So that's, it's really interesting. And yeah, as you saw last night, five straight quarterbacks off the start, like even in, yep. even in the quote unquote experts, like, fantasy analyst league uh the, the quarterbacks the first five picks because that's how important they become fred and i were doing a baseball podcast together before this draft and knowing that we we're going to be drafting against each other and we we're talking like he knew at six you're either going to get one of those five quarterbacks or you're going to get taylor and yep. you know it's true and I, I was prepared for it and thought about even maybe you know getting caught up in it but you know i figure at some point that that momentum will slow down it did i mean it hurt me to let joe burrow go uh and brady go and you know and a couple others go but at the same time you know you sometimes you just you know what what your uh setup is in advance and you know what you're going to do accordingly then i got quarterbacks in the second and third round uh i still reacted uh, that way some people waited a little bit more um you know or some people like to do like treat quarterback in super flex leagues like they treat running backs in uh standard leagues and you know they get the quarterback hero uh, and draft one and then draft a couple lesser ones later. That's what Chris Harris did at the 12 spot, for instance, with Brady at uh, the start of the second and then waited until Wentz and Mayfield later. Uh, and him taking two of those really put a crimp on the pool, too, for those other people that are waiting with him double tapping. It's an interesting set of strategic decisions. And, yeah, I, I just I think every quarterback should be rushed. We're drafting you know third, fourth wide receivers on teams all the time, third running backs on teams all the time. Yeah. Of course, we should be taking every starting quarterback. A hundred percent. And uh, you know, you talked about where you ended up, the fact that Dak fell to you, I thought was great that you were able to do the Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't think you could have asked for much better the way sitting at that spot with the f- quarterbacks f- first five off the board. When you brought up Harris, I think that's interesting is because I don't mind his approach because it was Brady. He's at the turn. He was mm-hmm. probably going to be out of the top, getting two top 12 quarterbacks and I'm not coming for anybody, but he's the champion. So why not come for Michael Florio? Plus I love him. It's like, I, I will say for anybody that's trying to super flex, the one thing as I wouldn't have done what he did, he took Jalen hurts. He took a quarterback early. He was the fifth pick, but then he didn't take a second quarterback to Daniel Jones. So he has, and why I'm saying this is for everybody strategy wise, it doesn't only have to do with quarterback it has to do whatever your strength is. You know, this Jeff, everybody knows this. You can't be the best at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, no matter what kind of league you're playing in. But if you start with a leg up in a category, which he started with a leg up at quarterback, you don't want to give it back away by not attacking that second quarterback. Like if you do running back early and like you have Jonathan Taylor, you have a strong number two. You didn't ignore the position and then have zero running backs until you got to Melvin Gordon. If you drafted Cooper Cup, you get Michael Pittman. As your dad. And that's what I'm saying is you don't want to give up the strength you drafted because now you're putting right. yourself right in the same situation you were with everybody else where it's now neck and neck. You had a leg up that you lost. Yeah, and if you're say if you're playing, it's, it's, it's similar to baseball when you're drafting in a baseball league you, and you decide to go an ace in the first round. You go Garrett Cole. Well, you got to back him up with something. You right, gotta, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you're committing to doing well in the starting pitching categories. Uh, and, you know, and so, granted, you think you can do well by waiting in other in other cases? Yeah, sure, of course. Uh, but you make that commitment, you follow through with that commitment. I think that that's that's a pretty simple way of addressing it there. So I like drafting in the sixth spot. We I didn't choose a spot. This wasn't a, in one of those leagues where we get to choose our spots. But, in fact, you did this thing called the 100-yard dash, which was the first time I had seen that. I like that. Okay, I think that 
was it G-Man J who is now with Front Yard Fantasy? I forget. I saw somebody else do it first. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. You sit there for, what, a minute and you watch them do the little run across yeah. the field. It's like, it's always hilarious to see somebody that gets out of the gate and then just stops running and all that. Everybody should use it. It's a, real, it's a lot of fun. And it's a fun way that if you don't have something in person, like that, are, again, go back to David Ganos. He always has things where he writes every single year. This is how you do it. Play darts, play cards, do like whatever games or whatever it might be. I thought it was interesting too, but I'm with you. And a super flex, like I generally, if it, this wasn't super flex, if it's your typical draft, I prefer to be in that kind of like three, four spot. Let somebody make the decisions for me and still get one of the top tier guys. And if I'm not there, I'd rather be back by around 10. I don't like six in a standard, but I love mm. six for this because super flex is tough and you can get caught and run so easily. You just kind of got able to like sit and keep taking values in that spot. You don't ever get hit because... That's one thing I will say for people out there in Superflex, that the run can happen real quick. This was a lot different than when we did uh, the live one in New York a few weeks earlier. Round three had like eight quarterbacks go. So wow. like before you turn around, yeah, you could just get caught. And then if you're at the end at like pick 11, I mean, you're just sitting there. You're, you're, you're beholden to the draft. Right. Um, and there, there is that point in quarterbacks where you say, okay, screw it. I'm going to punish them. I'm going to – I'll. I know I'm going to have a really weak second quarterback and I'm just going to take, take the value, but you know, it, there, it does come with a consequence too. And it's always interesting to see where at that point is. I like to call it the Daniel Jones point. Um, no, no offense <laughs> to Michael, but uh, you know, there, there's a certain point there where you're I like, call it okay. the Jared Goff point. That's, that's what I call it. <laughs> yeah. The, the drop golf. Yeah. I like it there. Yeah. And, that's I, good. and I believe that's good. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff is, and you know, that was same Daniel Jones and Jared Goff went within two picks of each other, uh, sandwiching my George Kittle pick, which by the way, I and mean, we get, you know, I took Kittle in the seventh round. I often don't get a tight end there and because I feel like I'm chasing uh, at other positions. And I felt like I was chasing at other positions after that there. If there's one thing I didn't like about my draft is I feel like I'm short on depth on running back. And one of those consequences, one of those was the consequence of taking Kittle. I mean, I get a better than average tight end. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there, there's a there's a plus to it too, but there's that feeling. It's this feeling of discomfort. I just my my logic there though was I can always fab running backs more than I can any other position in the draft. Yeah, and I mean particularly even like it will. So two things with the tight end is I've been saying this a lot this year as well. So I don't I don't mind that pick at all because I. I don't want the ninth tight end. Like I, I don't want yeah. the ninth ten off the board, and I'm not chasing the ninth tight end. Like I don't. If I ended up at the year and it's like, oh, I got the guy off waivers who finished tight end nine. So what? There, there's 20 other tight ends that could finish tight end nine because we right. know it. It takes 600 yards and six or seven touchdowns, and boom, you're tight end nine. Yay! I want a top six. I w- and that's one of them is Kittle, Kittle, Waller, and Schultz are in the second tier. The big three are the top three. I want one of those because if I miss on those. I'm just going to chase and wait for the end game. You, as you mentioned, like the two things we go back to before is with that quarterbacks is you already had a strong one, two duo of quarterbacks, but now you also have a leg up at tight end, which as you mentioned, you can chase running back, which isn't terrible because Melvin Gordon's your third. It's not awful in a league like this. And you have depth at wide receiver. You have a lot of threes that could potentially be twos, but now you can play that game a lot more and just obviously Kittle could get hurt, but if he doesn't, you don't even have to worry about that for the rest of the year. You're fab. And again, unless you lost a quarterback to an injury, like you're done. Your quarterbacks and tight end, you're set for the year, which is nice. Right. Now you just can t- attack wide receiver and running back, and now you've kind of 
you're kind of taking the variance out from what you need to do on waiver wire, which is something else that I think people need to look at too, is you kind of like narrow your options. So you're not trying to chase three positions all year long and spending your fab. And by week eight, you're, you're broke. Especially when you're an idiot like us and play in a thousand leagues and you need to kind of have, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're going through and going through your fab process. Okay. Which night is this where, what platform am I doing this on? Um, you know, making sure you get your fab done every week and getting it done right. If you can streamline the process somehow, all the better. Yeah. Actually, I had a spreadsheet last year, <laughs> a spreadsheet of like when all the waivers ran and what all nights and it's, a, and I still, they're the oh, yeah. football diehards one because it was the only league I played on RTS. And I was like, I missed it like twice. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And, and then it, you're ruined. If you miss it it's, twice, especially in early year, you're done. It's the worst feeling in the world when you've missed an early fab. It really is. And we've all done it at some point. Um, and like you said, you got to have a, you had a spreadsheet. You got to have some mechanism. I try to save all my leagues on in tabs and then open up the tabs every single day. And this is both, true for both baseball and football. Um, but there are days when I'm traveling. There's days when, you know, I just, I'm doing a show early. Like I'm out in the, on the best coast here at 7 a.m. doing this show. And, you know, it's like, it changes my routine a little bit there, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, poor me. I get to write and talk about <laughs> fancy sports for a living. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> we have it so tough, Jeff, right? <laughs> I know. It's a hard knock life. but it's, uh... oh, Only in America. Yeah. I'm looking at, at the teams, too, for like quarterback-wise. And so the only person I think is kind of in a hole is probably Pianowski. But – if you look at that because of what he did, he basically, you mentioned like the, the hero zero, not well, the bell cow running back. He went with McCaffrey, but there's four wide receivers. You, you see the strategy. They like, it, it's ugly. If you're looking only at the quarterbacks, car and golf, you're probably, ah, oh, that's gross. Yeah. But if you end up in a position like that, and this goes back to what I said with Florio, but on the other side of it, is Pianowski looked at this and said, you know what? I'm not going to be one of the best at quarterbacks, just where I'm sitting. And, you know, it was either tap the first quarterback as you did with Dak Prescott, which, again, I love how you got that set up. But he didn't, so he came back with Carr. And then he said, you know what? Instead of trying to chase Carr and Tag of Viola or Carr and Matt Ryan, he said, I'm going to dominate a wide receiver. My third wide receiver is going to be DJ Moore. My fourth is Amal Ross St. Brown. Yep. And then he still got Schultz. So, so that's the thing. I, I, I bring that up not to focus primarily on Scott's team, but for, again, I just want to point out for people that, especially in a super flex, you're going to have to pick your battles. Exactly right. And that, that's the other thing, beautiful thing about Superflex. It's one of the things like I like about Scott Fishbowl is you're going to have to give up something. Um, and you're going to, or at least you're going to have to figure out a strategy for that without getting the top guy off that particular market. Like in an auction, you can kind of go stars and scrubs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and another, and just normal, and I should say not normal, but standard snake, snake drafts, you're, you're going to, you, you've got, you know, a lot of different strategies, but you know, it's just one more thing you have to worry about waiting on quarterbacks. It can be punishing and, and justifiably so. And I love, I love that about this format here. Um, talking uh, about the flex uh, super flex leagues. We're going to talk about my players in a second, but first a, a quick note from our friends on the blue wire network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. I'm Jeff. He's Jake Seeley from The Athletic. Jake, you got a show coming up uh, in about 45 minutes. Uh, tell everybody what you, uh, how many shows you have and what you're doing over at The, at the <laughs> Athletic. Uh, how many shows? Yeah, a lot of them. So, yeah, the, this show is all in football. Uh, it's my podcast. This today is Chris Meany and uh, stepmom Lauren. Lauren Carpenter is on it as well. That's three times nice. a week. have the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, which is twice a week. And then I'm on with Pat Mayo every single week, as well as people know that. But, yeah, over at the Athletic is where you can find everything, the rankings, the customizable projections, which you can sit here and say, hey, guess what? I agree with Jeff. Jake's an idiot. I'm going to change your projections. Well, it resourced them for you so you can see how it will work out if you want to say George Pickens is going to get a 20% target share. So that's over there. And then I know you love this as much as I do, Jeff is I, I did last year's trash article this week because people hate in fantasy when they get burned and they write yep. people off and never go back to them. And that's where we get the values. That's what, that's where we benefit because people are ticked off and then we get discounts. Yeah. It's the never again versus the, he owes me uh, school. Of thought yes. There. And <laughs> yes. he owes me tends to do better than never again. And never again, you start kind of limiting yourself on who you can go with, and then they'll burn you too. And football, you get burned. I mean, that's let's face it, injuries happen. So many positions are role dependent, you know, especially running back, you know, not getting that goal line carry is just devastating at times, not getting targets, not getting that. You know, I, I ended up Ross Melvin Gordon, but I am a Javante Williams honk like everybody else. Uh, I love Javante Williams, I want to see more from him, but Melvin Gordon doesn't suck. He's just a no. guy, he's you know. Happen and teams believe in depth. They they want to vary the workload. So you know, you get guys like that have value too. I could not agree more. And actually, love. It's, I'll compliment Florio since I came for him earlier in the show. But sure. like one of the one of my favorites in the article. Of course, it sounds like he's turning the corner health wise. Health is going to matter. But I love some Juju Smith Schuster as people got burned by him last year and be like, ah, I never want to go back again. He just went from one of the worst quarterbacks over the past three years to one of the best quarterbacks in history. And everybody's just trying to chase, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Michael Hardman. And like, I actually do like your depth shot at Sky Moore because now he's down in the 10th, 11th round. But before that, we, you know this, a few weeks ago, everybody was drafting Sky Moore mid-rounds because it's, oh, it's going to be the rookie. But, hey, how about the big slot guy who just came in and moved from Ben Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes? So I love some last year's trash every single time. Yeah, and, and he, Juju was a guy who was going in the second round a couple of years ago. I mean, it yeah. was – it's not that long ago. Uh, no. It's just wild to see the the value changes and how quickly that can change, uh, flip around there. But, yes, uh, I love some Juju. I I, I, I think it was Cooter Doodle who suggested uh, on the Fantasy Life newsletter, just get a Chief somewhere. Um, <laughs> f- find a Chief at some point in time. They're not that expensive. Uh, and it's, you know, you're getting a part of the best offense out there. Now, uh, granted, you have to figure out when to start them and you have to kind of figure that out. But 
I like a little bit of Sky more here and there. I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of making Miko Hardman happen, and it seems like he's now fourth choice in that wide receiving course. So maybe you can get a pass to that. But uh, I know a lot of people are tired of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, too, for that matter. Uh, and every, that's why everybody loves themselves some Isaiah Pacheco this year, uh, in the last two weeks at least. That said, I, I saw, I've seen that fervor on Pacheco cooling off recently. I've seen it come. It, it's funny. Just you could almost like it, like the stock like Bitcoin. Basically, it's going yep. like this. It, it, it's because, you know, the excitement. And I love that you brought up Edwards Lair because he's kind of last year's trash, but he's also got he's a victim. Well, I'll, I'll compare this. I always talk about Baker Mayfield, but also from a real life standpoint is Baker yep. Mayfield was a victim of the hype. Like he was never going to be a top five quarterback, but the hype and the insanity coming out of college. The people love them because of the personality and stuff like that and the excitement. And he doesn't care and all that type of stuff. And, and then you look at it and it's like, you know what? He's an okay quarterback. I would take him over Daniel Jones. But at the same time, it's like he was a victim of his own hype. That's what happened with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You remember it. We sat yeah. here. It was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Very sneaky pick in the, the, the high mid-rounds because he could take over for Damian Williams. And then Williams opts out that year. And people went bonkers. He was middle of the first round. I remember league industry oh, yeah. drafts, as I'm sure you do. He was like, pick 105, 106, 107. And we, I, we all sat here and like, whoa, whoa, chill out. It's not that good. And then he wasn't that good. He wasn't even close to that good. And people went, oh, forget it. He's toast. He's a bum. And he doesn't run at the goal line because he struggles there. But what have we seen, Jeff? I think because that he's coming back, to, Pacheco's coming back down, Edwards Alaire's going back up, is because he's the lead. He's the lead. He's the lead. Mm-hmm. Sure. Pacheco and the others are going to even potentially McKinnon are going to be sprinkled in, but even 15 touches with zero goal line work. You, as you mentioned, you still want that running back on the chiefs. So I like seeing it was uh, the Tazi brothers took him in round eight, that being Edwards Alaire. And then you mentioned Pacheco was all the way down four a full four rounds later at 1206 to actually Pianowski. Yep, indeed. Uh, and you know what the chiefs, I mean, we remember Kareem Hunt in his rookie year, that Thursday night game against the Pats. Uh, you know, it, it, th- this was after an injury created the job. We're like, is it too crazy to take him in the third? Oh, second. No, first. And it actually worked out. <laughs> and then Andy Reid, when they drafted and said, he's Brian Westbrook, but he's better. Okay. And of I, course, I, we're going to buy into that hype. When Andy Reid talks a guy up, who, who, by the way, Andy Reid could do no wrong at that point in time. Um, yeah, of course, we all bought into that, of course. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's tricky on that one there. Um, I typically, it, you know, it's it's nice to do the super flex too because it typically gets me out of my mindset of okay, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna avoid player X and player Y. I'm gonna load up on my wide receivers. Like I don't have any CMC this year. I, I made no bones about it. I'm not taking him one or two. If he gets to me at nine, okay, great. But he's not getting me to mine, so I, I will have zero CMC this year. Um, I'm gonna have zero zero Derrick Henry this year, uh, most likely too. Although this would be the format where that me- that might have changed, but. A lot. it did not yeah. nonetheless it didn't here but it's it's just i love the different strategy considerations in a super flex yeah and that, that's another one is it's as you were saying that i'm thinking to myself that i was just sitting here with the fiance 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 last night and i was like you know what i don't even need my board anymore well, well this is how it started it's like i was like wow they're flying through this draft they're gonna be done in like an hour and i was like this is what i love about industry drafts is that you yep. can do a super flex 16 rounds and be done in like an hour and she's like, oh, wow, that's really fast. I was like, well, you know, a lot of us at this point, like we don't even need our cheat sheets to cross off because we've done so many because we're in way too many leagues, as you said before. But I said, 
if there's one that would make me like, ah, uh, let me double check and look at my tiers and even just reaffirm what I'm thinking, it's a super flex because your strategy does pivot a little bit. Like I yeah. could do any standard draft, not even looking at it off the back of my head. And I could like, I know what's probably going to be around here and just go straight down. It's like, yep, that guy's there. That guy's not there. I don't want that one, as you said. But this it forces people out of their comfort zone. I think that's why people don't do super flexes because it's like, they're afraid of like what they're not comfortable with, but that's what makes it so much more interesting. Same thing as the auction. Yeah. I'd rather people get to auction before super flex because to go for that pecking order, so to speak, but same thing with the auction, like at least give it a try because it just, it takes you out of your comfort zone. It adds a lot more strategy. And I was thinking about this when you were talking about the draft strategy earlier, if this was an auction, of like how that would even change the draft oh, because yeah. you, you could and how you ended up with Dak Prescott made me think in my mind I'm like ooh if I'm doing a super flex auction I might throw out Dak Prescott real early because you get that hesitancy usually early in auctions and then you might get right. Dak for like 10 bucks and then all of a sudden a few minutes later into the draft when Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Lance are coming off the board they're all going for 20 22 and it's like wow I got an amazing deal to start this draft Yep, exactly. Well, the thing is, so I, that's, this is my fourth Superflex draft of the year. I did one in Vegas for our annual Rotowire trip, and we did that one with third round reversal. Um, our, and that was all most that was all Rotowire folks and friends of Rotowire and all that. We were doing it in person there, but on Sleeper. So that was nice that I knew the the software too. Uh, my buddy Alan Soslowski was running that draft. Uh, I did a one with Yahoo folks with Pianowski and Andrew, Andy Barron, some Rotowire folks in there. And it was an auction. It was super flex auction, and we had multiple flex spots too. Uh, so it was just an insane draft. Um, <laughs> and and then my home league is now super flex, uh, but it's it's also very like very limited QB scoring. It's like a point for every thirty passing yards to try to. Okay. So it's similar to fishbowl in the in the aspect that it, it limits a little of the quarterback points, makes you think about it a little bit more. So yeah, it's nice. The funny thing though, I was doing this draft, which started fifteen minutes earlier than a home league. On a, on a different platform. So I was kind of like doing a really good job of tracking until about the 10th round. I said, eh, screw it at that point in time. I'll just, you know, I, I know the player pool. I might miss a spot later on in here and there, but uh, that, that was a, diff, a, a, a new complication there. <laughs> the trying to do the two at once. Hell, I'm sure you've done it. Try to do the two at once and a podcast and all at the same time. <laughs> and you're like clicking through all the tabs. And again, we're complaining about one of the best jobs in the world, but yeah, yep. it, it can definitely excuse, but my home league, finally, we've been doing this for now 14 years. It's an auction for a really long time with keepers. This is the first nice. year we're headed towards super flex auction to really go like, you want to get out of your comfort zone. That's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked at how these things end up. Was there some kicking and screaming with that uh, switch over? There was a little bit, but again, I think I think because we made the transition a couple of years ago to auction, and there was some there was some hesitation to push back with that. Like, oh, mm -hmm. I like being able to know that I'm keeping a guy in the eleventh round or whatever. It's like, yeah, but this is even better because you'd be like, oh, I, I made the great decision to draft this guy for three bucks, and now he's only seven next year or eight next year. Like, I'm gonna keep him. Like, it's the same thing. I'm just going to the strategy. So I think by that dam being broken, so to speak it made it a little bit more turn to the super flex, but there is a little bit that it wasn't a hundred percent vote to go with it. Um, but it is, you're always going to get that hesitancy. I would just say, as we go back, pick one or the other, don't try to throw your league into right, right, at the right. same time. Cause you, that vote will probably get squashed immediately. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we had a good thing. Why are you changing? But you do it a little bit here, a little bit there. They don't, it's like the frog in the frying pan sort of analogy there. Exactly.
Start with band kickers, and then slowly, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. You are the band kickers guy. I mean, yeah, you know, you're known for a lot of things, but I think you're going to be no- most known for banding kickers in your leagues. Yes, that'll, that'll probably be on my tombstone is band kickers. I the t-shirt right back down here, if you can kind of see it in the background with it. So it, it really comes down to, I wrote the article. It's on The Athletic. Nando turned it into a comic strip. It's really funny. Because that's Nando. Nando's having fun with everything. Nando's awesome. And and. Here's the thing. I want to point out that, that this is what the part that people miss is when it was on FanDuel, I was actually a fan of it because I knew how to take advantage of it being on there. Is that so like it's not that my problem with seasonal and this you'll see it in the article. The quick version is, is that even if you're trying to project the best offenses, the most in the score in the red zone, whatever it might be. It's so wildly unpredictable, and people push back, well, so are defenses, and I'll get to that in a second. But it's so wildly unpredictable that even the metrics you want to use just have no predictability because you're, again, what I always go back to, the kicker is relying on the offense not to do their job to have value. Like, <laughs> this, is the only, this is the only thing in sports where you're like, hey, this guy is on the team, and his job is depending on the team failing to get his job done. So, well, I guess the punter technically too, <laughs> but yeah. so that's why it's like band kickers. That's why I just add the second flex spot or a super flex spot. That's what I always been saying, but to go to the defense, cause I do want to touch on that real quick. Um, this, this league, the, the flex leagues, you can go look at the scoring it's in there. It's the tweak scoring. Cause I want to try and encourage people that if you still play with defenses and not IDP is the antiquated defensive scoring, it's, it's we we had to do away with that. You'll see it in here. My home league's a little a little bit even more aggressive. We should be giving points for fewer than 400 yards giving up, fewer than 300 yards giving up, forcing a fourth down a conversion that ended up failing because that's a turnover, forcing a three and out like to start a drive because all these type of things. And then the point differential should be the same. Like you shouldn't for how frequent a, a safety happens, that shouldn't be the same as an interception. You should get more. For a safety, it shouldn't be equitable. So there's I'd a lot even of argue, defensive squeeze. Yeah, I'd even argue turnover should be more. I mean, you know, yes. like a, a, a turnover in a real life game. I mean, that's a massive event. Uh, it is. And, and then if you give that more, I 100% agree with you, Jeff. You give these things a little bit more. And you keep, so my league is also five-point touchdowns across five points for quarterbacks, all the positions, scoring, and defenses, any type of, it's five, just kind of like, it brings it the luck down factor. But even if you kept it at six, what you just said, if you're increasing all these things, you're offsetting that, oh my God, they returned two punts for touchdowns today, and now that random Titans defense got 17 points. Well, a lot of defense, and what ends up happening is the defenses turn out to be like tight ends. There's like five or six really good ones. There's a couple you can stream with. And then there's ones that are actually pretty terrible. You want to avoid. Yeah. For the first time this year, my favorite last round defense wasn't available to me. I, I really wanted the Cleveland. I, I love going with the Cleveland Browns because of their week, first four week schedule. The Browns um, and then the Broncos and 49ers because they're both good defenses with the first two weeks looking really tasty too. So yeah. those are those are the three. De- you're, so I'm glad you said those are the three defenses I've been targeting a lot of. I'm not even looking at the Rams. Those are the three because of the early schedules. Right. I don't. I don't take the Bills because you have to take them super early and they play play the Rams in Week One and they won't have Tre'Davious White most likely and they may not have Poyer. We'll see. But uh, you know th- those are big deals. Um, do you play in any IDP leagues? One. And I will say Scott Bogman, who was in this draft with you last night, yep. he helps me. <laughs> in between, you know, it's because we're both football and baseball and then so much with football for myself with the rookies and the scouting because I do that every single year. And then, I mean, mentioned all the podcasts, you're on a million. We're doing so much work that, like, when it comes to IDP, 
it would be like the people listening to us. It's like the opposite version of that. I'm in the industry doing this. I know enough of the top of the IDP, but it's when we start getting into that like second, third level. And it's like, I know him, but do I know if he's good in fantasy? And that's where my hang up comes. So I rely, I lean on Scott Bogman a lot for constructing that team. It's with Jamie Eisenberg and I can't say no because he's asking, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I definitely need help in IDP. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I do one league uh, is the Rotowire Steak League. Uh, we've talked about that where we have a steak dinner side bet. Eight of us do a side bet here just on total points for the full season. And th- we go out to a steak dinner after the season. Top four teams and points, eat for free. Fifth pays for himself. Sixth and seventh pay for himself and one other. Last place is the de- dreaded double buyer, pays for himself and two others. Uh, but we have an, uh, it, it's, it's great. We care more about the bet than we do about the league. But, uh, you know, but like it, it's that. fun. Um, and it's, it's great because then you get out, you get to see each other at some point during the off season and you get to and break bread with everybody and have a really nice dinner. Uh, but, uh, we do an IDP element in that one there. We have one defense alignment, one linebacker, one safety. Um, so it's, it's pretty top heavy still. It's pretty easy, but, uh, it, it is one where you have to kind of decide, do I pay for the top guys? I'll pay that extra dollar for Micah Parsons. Okay, sure. I will. Um, you know, do I, and it's, I especially always try to do that at defensive line. Because I think there's like that's, seven guys there that just are difference makers. <laughs> that that's the tight end of IDP right there. Yeah, Jamie went a whole nother level. His is two defensive line, three linebackers, three safe uh, secondary guys, and then a flex for the IDP. So oh. it's like, I, yeah, see exactly. <laughs> like yeah. whoa, you're you're going way <laughs> too deep for for my taste. Uh, I, I will say that you said getting together. And I know this is behind Tout Wars for everybody that knows that with obviously heavily you're at the top of the board for that one. But the same thought process for Tout Wars was what Flex Leagues came for is it's just right. not to be like the, the industry experts. Battle. It's more that so many of these people in the league that you don't ever meet in person. And that is just to like get like, oh, my God, like I've been tweeting or reading your stuff or talking about you know, with it. And then actually just getting to hang out every single year. That was the big thought process behind that. And I wanted to say that for everybody at home. Like if you haven't played like a home league draft in person, hang out with people like that, get that together. That's the real aspect of fantasy, just whether baseball, football or whatever that we need to push for, too. Yep, uh, 100% agree. And I love that you do that. I love that Scott Fishbowl tried to get a series of in-person drafts this year. Uh, the Kings Classic is now in uh, as a pretty solid uh, setup there as well. There's a lot of that going on. And I think people realize, hey, we, we got deprived of getting together for two years uh, yes. with, with, with COVID. And I think we really realize how important it is to make those connections, put name to face, uh, and make long-lasting friendships. You know, I, I, I have towers, I, you know, I used to do labor in person. Now I'm in one of the online labor leagues. Uh, there's first pitch Arizona for baseball conference in November over at the Arizona fall league. I adore that conference. It's amazing. And it's great way to meet people. I mean, thing is your bonds are so much stronger when you get, when you get that, just the time hanging out, whether it's at a ball game, just at a draft or, or and, and, and a meal afterwards, just hanging out with all these people. And there's yeah. so many amazing people in our, in our space. Yeah. And then it drops the facade of the fact that everybody tells me I'm nice in person. I'm like, dang it, you're not supposed to know that. That's so funny. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Quick note from our sponsors here. Well, uh, then we've got a couple other things about our draft. Do you love fantasy sports? Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. 
You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a Dynasty of Champions? Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com and use promo code ROTO5. That's R-O-T-O-5 to receive $5 off any new team. I'm here with Jake Seeley from The Athletic, and that's another example of ways we can play this game. It, it's just really exploded in the last 10 years, just the, the diversification of the different ways we can play fantasy football. And I just absolutely love it, whether it's for, like, positions-wise, whether it's how you roster the players, whether there's keepers. It's just I, I just love that, it, that there's so many different ways to play, and you can find your way now. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, too, is, you know, we sit here and say, try this, try this, do this, do that. You don't have to. Like, play the way you want. If you want to play with kickers, go play with kickers. Like, if you want two kicker spots, whatever it is, play how you want to play because there are so many ways and so many different aspects. Like, we're suggesting these to try more and say, like, this is the quote-unquote better way to play, but you don't have to agree with us. But if, if, at least give these things a try. Just, like, open yourself up to more ways to play. It just adds a whole nother level, whether it is IDP or not. And as you can say, you can, like, sprinkle yourself in. You can dip your toe. If you're going to play IDP, do it with, like, two or three players. Just dip your toe in and see if you like it and see if you don't. Exactly. Exactly right. Uh, same thing, like, I used to play – Big time in college fantasy football. I'm in one league now and I'm dead money, but um, I used to be so into it. You know, coincidentally, I have kids um, and sa- <laughs> Saturdays are occupied now. Uh, but so I, I used to watch like every conference, every game. I knew about LaDainian Tomlinson when he was at as a college player. You know, you start paying attention to the smaller pl- uh, schools, that, you know, not even super small schools, but just even like the Mountain West. You know, you don't get a whole lot of exposure to it unless you're trying to. But you start right. to know when these guys come in. And it's a huge advantage for your your fantasy leagues when they get drafted in the NFL, too. Yeah, I remember those days. I played in one of those leagues where you could pick anybody at any position. It was just every single week. It was almost kind of like DFS without the pricing. It was just you could pick right. anybody. Oh, my gosh. T- attacking, like, the Fresno States of the world every single week was because, like, everybody just immediately goes for the big schools. And you're like, no, no, this is this yeah. is where those crazy scoring players are. June Jones at Hawaii was a cheat, cheat code there. And oh my I used to do a radio segment of the Hawaii radio station. Still do it. But uh, the host that I did it with before goes, hey, there's this kid named Devon Beth. He's going to be a starter as a freshman this year. He's that good. Got him like the 15th round as a keeper league. So you, and you kept him at the round you got him in. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, yeah. College keeper league. That's about as nuts as it gets. We had a recruiting element. So you could bid one of your round picks to get the recruit. So when Adrian Peterson was a oh, freshman, wow. someone used their first round pick on Adrian Peterson. So, you know, it's like, that's how long ago it was, by the way, too. Um, I, so, I, would get, I would get in so much trouble doing that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just insane. You really have to be committed or be committed, one of the two. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was a super fun league. It just requires a lot of bandwidth. Uh, way too much bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. Us, especially. Yeah. I'm trying to – I actually – Jeff, I was – kept my managed team so best ball for everybody obviously we have a ton of best ball because we draft and we're done yay fun we love that that's these yeah so i actually kept my leagues to single digits this year so do not ask me to get into another league i somehow wow. did it. how did you do that i said no to a lot of people unfortunately yeah i bet <laughs> yeah i'm trying to get like okay well this guy needs to fly a little bit more i have a new co-host right. on radio let's let's get right. him this draft yeah let's you yeah. gotta kind of couch it like that but uh yeah exactly um, yeah, so it should be, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I keep saying I'm going to cut down and now I'm at 20. It's like, what, what are you doing? Uh, but again, for me working fantasy, blah, blah, blah. All right. So you, you can, how many of those, uh, managed leagues have you drafted so far and how many do you have left? I've done 
six now uh, that I've managed. Actually, I'm in a sixth right now. It's a guillotine league. Okay. With, yeah, with Fabiano and Paul Charchin. So that, uh, that's interesting. Everybody's never tried a guillotine league. Try that, too. That's one yep. for everybody out there. If you're the lowest scorer, you're done. Your league's over. But your team is now open on waivers. Everybody that you had is now on waivers for everybody else to pick and choose from. Another strategy because do you do top heavy? Do you try to get some balance to survive a few weeks and then pick up off the waivers? Do you bid aggressively at the beginning of the season? Whole interesting strategy. Plus, the downside, the downside is that you're already done, but that can also be the good thing because you clear one out of your bank of having to try to figure <laughs> exactly. things out. Exactly. But uh, so that's six. And then I have my home league. I have three more to go. There's nine. That's why I said, do not give me any more. I'm at nine. I'm not going double digits. Yeah, you can no longer say that. You'll be made a liar out of you. But it's, it's the right? greatest format ever. You got to try it. Oh, now guillotine green. I did guillotine for the first time last year, did two of them. And yeah, I ran into that. Do you bid heavily early? And I made it to the finals in one of them. So that was like a, a continuing commitment. And then you get to these super teams at the end and like, okay. Oh my God. The, the teams at the end, like once you're in the championship game, it really is just like who's all, who's DFS teams going to do better. Yeah. It's a two man DFS contest there. It's, it's really kind of crazy. It just, you just have, just, you know, just, you have like 10 guys that you don't have a, have a choice at there. And otherwise you get the rest of them there. So yeah. Um, it, it, it's a super fun format there. Who's your most rostered player so far? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, I would have to say Juju is up there, but I, I think it's actually Cam Akers, uh, mostly because I know the hesitancy that people have for Cam Akers because of last year didn't look good. Unless, I, I keep hitting this. I, I, I'm banging the table. One of the things I say every single year, Jeff, besides band kickers, is that listen and watch what the teams tell us. And, of course, things can go sideways, but mm-hmm. this is what we try to do in the preseason, listen and watch what they're telling us. Cam Akers came back, we all know this, from an injury you're not supposed to come back from, maybe at all, let alone that quickly. And with him not being 100%, with the playoffs and the Super Bowl on the line, with other options in their backfield, they said, Cam Akers, you're getting bell cow work. That tells me what the Rams want to do if he's healthy. Of course, maybe we never get the 100% Cam Akers. And he was facing good defenses. Let's forget for everybody that wants to throw out, he didn't average three yards per carry. But if you're getting bell cow work on the Rams, when you had other options, that just tells me they want to use you as the bell cow if possible. So I have a ton of Cam Akers because I've been taking him in the late second, early third round, and I'll keep doing it over and over again. Maybe he burns me this year. Hey, you'll remember this, Jeff. Maybe he's my new CJ Anderson. Maybe I'm making that mistake. Yeah, again. there's but, a name. But, but uh, I, a ton of Cam Akers, and I would say Juju Smith-Schuster's up there as well. So it's so funny because I have 0.0 acres so far. Um, really? You, you make a good argument, but my thought was just watching him. I didn't think he had that burst. I didn't think, you know, and granted he's had a full off season, but I I'm just wary of what he is right now. Of um, course. But it, for you, I mean, you're getting a discount. If, if it's true that he, if they want to use him as a bell cow and he is used as a bell cow, you're getting the discount, obviously. And you make a good point about the defense he's facing my mighty Bengals in the super bowl. Um, I get that there. Uh, and then of course the bucks, nobody runs against the Bucks, So yeah, that makes sense too. 49ers Nin- too. Niners too. Yeah. I get that. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, you make a good argument. I, who's yours. Uh, most rostered is believe it or not. I take Jefferson at 1.2. And for some reason, two has been where I've been landing on almost everywhere, uh, in these drafts. So I've had, I have a ton of Jefferson this year. Um, uh, which is boring because, hey, it's a first-round player. I mean, everybody should, you know, yeah, 
you want to have uh, guys that are you know frequently rostered there um looking a little bit later in drafts i'm trying to think about that i should cure i need to curate my drafts i've done a very poor job but this is also i have a lot of dalton schultz too because because michael gallup's not going to be ready 100 percent for the season Mm-hmm. And I, I keep comparing him to Waller. And while I'll wait instead of taking Waller a round or two earlier than Schultz, I'll just take Schultz. It's because what do we know about Waller? He could be the three. Hunter Renfro didn't disappear. He's battling with Renfro. He's probably the two, but he's battling. Uh, you look across Kittle. I love your Kittle pick. But at the same time, what if he is the three? What if it's Debo, Ayuk, then Kittle? Not yeah. saying that's likely to happen, but I'm pointing these scenarios out to say, what do we know about Schultz? He is 100% the number two. Maybe Michael Gallup comes back and gets to 100% by October, and now he's the three. But even last year, with Amari Cooper still there, even as the three, he was a top three tight end. So I have a ton of Dalton Schultz so far this year. Yeah, uh, and I, I get a good argument for him, too. Um, I have no Waller, by the way. I'm, I'm scared to death of Waller. I, I have no Waller, too. Zero so far. I'm just not yeah. taking him in the fifth round. Not doing it. Yeah. I, I'm fourth. And he missed practice again this week after saying that the hamstring injury is no big deal. And maybe it's just a rest day. Maybe it's fine. But I'm scared to death of both Waller and Jacobs this year. I don't have any of either of those guys. Yeah, the the hamstring injury. Like, I wasn't afraid of Drake London at all, even on the Falcons. But you, you, this is now what we're still not practicing. And I'll give you another one. Like, Robbie Anderson. I was all in like, like hey, we two years ago, Robbie Anderson was one spot behind DJ Moore. Not that I think he's going to finish as a top 30 wide receiver, but he got Baker Mayfield. And it's Robbie Anderson hasn't practiced for like two and a half weeks now. And it's like, yeah, you, these hamstring soft tissues where you're missing almost the entire preseason, it makes me go, uh, I'm, those are the ones I was starting to pull back on injury-wise. Right, and and moreover, it's in the preseason training camp time, you're not beholden to the injury report. You don't have to let us know. Uh, and that that's one of the things that you get a lot of these mysterious injuries. It took us, took Raiders reporters 10 days to report why Waller was missing practices. Yeah. Some people thought it was a holdout or a hold in. Uh, of some sort. They, he was spotted at a baseball game. He was spotted here. You know, okay. You know, tell me why he's not practicing. Just let he's me traveling know. with Tom Brady. He's going to be on the mask standard. That's what yeah. it was. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so bad. So bad right now uh, with the, that. And I just, I, we want transparency. That's all we want. And teams don't want to share anything. So it's a nice conflict that we have. It is a nice one. So, yeah, I'm going to be interested. You'll have to share that. But I'm kind of, kind of curious to say. Just don't say, don't say my guys, Jeff, because everybody says my guys. Now, let's just be yeah. like the, the cliche word to use. My guys. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, I will find it. And I can't say, you know, my portfolio. That's really P&L's bit. I got to come up with another yeah. way of saying it there. Oh, uh, I do love your I – didn't, I, I didn't even notice this before. I love your George Pickens 12.7 pick. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love it. Think, so uh, go ahead. that was the first time I got Pickens this year, and I got him twelve sec like twelve minutes later in my other my home league draft at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, you know, I got double Pickens uh, yesterday, and I'm very happy about that, especially because he wasn't juiced up. In other leagues, he gets juiced up now. And that's the biggest thing is I just I love the talent. Uh, I I don't want to like knock players and be like ah I'm happy you're like, like I joked and say oh Claypool sucks for you that you just drafted a better you announced the better wide receiver like look whatever it might be talent's perspective but you talked about it, like part of the reason is like you know still paying so much attention to college is like if you paid attention and watched a lot of pickings you're like oh my god this is a first round talent and then it was yep. all the off the field issues but you know this is as much as Jeff what better coach and team to deal with an off the field issue 
than exactly. Mike Tomlin. Like, like, look at what happened with Antonio Brown after he left this team. He had a teammate hang out and make sure there was always somebody like basically shadowing Antonio Brown when he went out in the public because he knows how to handle people that have concerns. And they, I mean, you put him there and you're just getting somebody to maximize your talent. I don't even care if it's Trubisky all year long. I don't care if it's Pickett all year long. I, I think Pickens is going to be a great late round pick. I love that you got him in the 12th round. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. If only we had any sort of guide on how the Steelers draft picks will do as wide receivers. If only we had seen any of that before. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. He went at 1.5 in my dynasty draft that started yesterday too. Wow. Uh, you know, I went yeah. I went Olave at 1.3, um, and then London went 1.4. I, I I'm I'm a, I'm an Olave honk. I'll admit that. Uh, and then Pickens went 1.5 ahead of Garrett Wilson, ahead of some of the other uh, other first round uh, wide receiver picks there. And you know, I I can see it. I can definitely can see it there. I think it was a savvy pick. Uh, our buddy Brad Ziegler did that one, made that pick there. So uh, I'm I'm in his league there. It's a dynasty league. It's a fun league that we play in there. Uh, I know you got a podcast coming up here, so we're gonna let you yeah. go. Yes. Good luck on that. Looking forward to last year's trash. Looking forward to hearing and seeing <laughs> more you. about that. Yeah. And this is a fun league. Thanks for having me in Flex, and thanks for joining me today. No, thanks for always uh, being a willing participant, and thanks for having me on. I always love having this league and seeing the results and you know, criticizing teams, but more praising them. I was, I, I loved your team, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you much. Appreciate you. All right. Jake Seeley, everybody at all in kid, follow him on Twitter. And of course, read him on the athletic, listen to him on his various uh, ventures. And uh, we'll, we appreciate uh, his time and we appreciate your time listening to us. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire. Have a great day.